welcome back everyone to River Do's and River Don'ts. It's the review podcast where we go through one episode of the Riverdale television program at a time, go through it in perhaps exhausting detail, and outline for you our River Do, the thing we liked the best, our River Don't, the thing we found sucked the most, and the Weekly Weird, uh, which is just the bonkersest bit of strangeness that we can find in the episode and often the uh, fuel for the greatest discussion but then you knew all of that because you were playing g and g at the same time as i was writing uh this intro and you already knew everything you know what the episode's gonna be you know what we're gonna do years from now because that's how g and g works right anyway uh i'm rob i'm quinn and I'm Arlie. Today we're going to be covering uh, episode six of the third season, chapter 41, Manhunter, directed by Rachel Talalay and written by Christine Chambers. But, you know, you knew that too. <laughs> Honestly, you don't need to listen to podcasts anymore because you can just play G&G and there will be a quest card for everything that happens. Mm-hmm. Yep. That being said, um, let's get greasy. <laughs> It probably beats like let's get it started in here. Like it's probably better than what? last Why time. Why are we getting greasy? Because that's what the whole show is. <laughs> Guess you're right. Greasy shit, man. So we pick up right where we left off. Jughead returning to the bunker, uh, relating to Betty what he saw in the woods, which was the Gargoyle King and a fucking gang of gargoyle mask wearing weirdos out in the woods. A gang of gargoyles. And I thought it was a gaggle of gargoyles. (laughs) I'm sorry, gaggoyle. Anyway, uh, Archie uh, sort of wakes up a little bit from his unconsciousness to tell them about Joaquin's statement to Kevin that he's joined a new gang. Like, just to, like, let's wrap that in, like, make that plot connection. Thanks, Archie. Now you can go back to sleep. So yeah, there's literally a gang of gargoyle mask wearing folks out there. So that's fun. News of Warden Norton's suicide hits Riverdale. And Betty questions Alice about if Norton had any involvement with the mid Midnight Club back in the day. It would, in fact, be quite weird if he didn't. Uh, but of course, she deflects. Good thing, though, that the warden had conveniently told Archie where the Shadow Lake boys are likely to be hiding uh, before he offed himself. Still not getting it, though. They get paid off to lie on the stands. They receive $10,000 each, but now they have to hide? Like, how is ten grand worth it if you then must live in a cave afterwards for the rest of your life? Because a Riverdale writer decided that it was. It makes perfect sense. Why wouldn't they just move? How much can a lifetime of financial security cost? $10,000? <laughs> anyway, there are still case files apparently at Archie's house from when his mom was like doing his defense. Uh, and Veronica needs to look through those. Sheriff Mineta then tries to intimidate Archie's class into spilling on who helped Archie get out of jail. And Reggie displays epic sack by saying, yeah, Sheriff, whatever, I was cranking it to porn all day, so I was too busy to do crimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. I hate, th- I hate the actual wording more than what you just said, though. Because uh, he says, you can check my browser history, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Which is so much worse. Such a fucking trash boy. It was great. Um, (laughs) What that implies to me, though, what the power in that statement, the thing that makes it so much, is that saying you can check my browser history implies that he knows that browser history exists and presumably that it can be cleared. (laughs) 
And so he's just saying, I do it. I don't care if anybody knows. Yep. I don't clear my browser history. I don't That's... use incognito tabs. Fuck you. Yeah, that is that. Well, hey, that is perfectly in character for Reggie. Reggie doesn't oh, use is. incognito tabs. He's just. Even if he knew how, why would he? Why would he? It's true. It's exactly right. He just um, wants everyone to know. So Evelyn turns out has retconned the name of the farm at school club to Teen Farmies. I don't know if it's retconning so much as uh, maybe some further R and D that's happened since that's, the last. That's episode. fair. That might be that. She's advancing. Is this the brand. better? It might be marginally better than just having like no name. I I'm not know. saying it's better. I'm just saying that it's changed. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Uh, Josie threatens to crack under Minetta's pressure, which let me just say, pretty fucking unethical to like browbeat and threaten and intimidate a child who is not mm-hmm. yet under suspicion. But then it is Riverdale and he is a cop. So we are mm-hmm. way beyond the realm of there being anything unrealistic about this. Uh, Josie has a massive seizure. Uh, okay. And I'm guessing that it's not a lawsuit because nothing has ever followed through on in this show. Like really, if like a cop was screaming at a kid and they had a seizure like that uh, and it was like someone privileged and prominent in a in, in a town. Someone like, perhaps you, would, you, you had an attorney for something. a parent. Yeah, yeah. You might expect some sort of follow through on that, but it is Riverdale. Uh, oh, God. So, speaking seizures of which, everywhere, yeah. just just all over the place just 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 ricocheting off every wall in that school mm-hmm. are we gonna learn that there's like some sort of like environmental hazard at the school like because it is really getting ridiculous how many different characters are having seizures it is wild it, it's definitely leading somewhere somewhere stupid no doubt oh yeah War- always warden Can't norton confirm. turns out to have been the head of the rrotc the when the midnight club shit went down yeah Rotsy. <laughs> when the midnight club stuff happened jughead is on the hunt for joaquin since he's a promising lead to find the gargoyle gang uh archie's wound is infected yay (laughs) but fortunately for everyone doc mcfucking curdle jr is in the house bitches i love the continuity doc mcstuffins but (laughs) i love the continuity though because he absolutely would do this for money no questions asked Mm -hmm. like small bills though like he 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 loves being unethical it's his favorite (laughs) betty it turns out has invited the midnight club uh to veronica's speakeasy by pretending to be the gargoyle king uh she gargoyle fished them yeah Uh, that's a lot of they all fall for it gargoyle fish or cat goiled i don't know but she's like someone in this room is a murderer as though they aren't all motivated to simply stand up and leave immediately without saying anything. i thought that was so fucking funny. yeah they're adults presumably with their own forms of transportation they don't have to be there and be uh interrogated by, by this child yeah. <laughs> but some basic entreaties about children's safety gets them to stay which is very weird given penelope blossom doesn't give a fuck about her daughter but mm-hmm. okay yep. yep this is also when i start to notice that everyone's referring to sierra mccoy as attorney mccoy and that's very funny to me i don't know that i've ever seen mm-hmm. anyone refer to a lawyer instead of using like mr or miss or mrs uh i've never seen them just go attorney i shall start I immediately mean, like, maybe if you're in court at that moment mm-hmm. but people like, just say counsel yeah at I, that point i like, know a lawyer we just call him sam because <laughs> that's his name <laughs> like yeah it's very it's not strange. attorney sam it's sam esquire i'm not i'm not gonna blast this guy's last yeah. name on the podcast but yeah uh, no it's uh <laughs> it is very strange 
uh, in the discussion, it comes up that FP as well as Alice saw gargoyles on Ascension Night, uh, but FP had thought that it was a drug hallucination. Uh, but the fact that Alice was sober at the time means that it's corroborated. Hermione accuses Penelope of being the culprit, but Penelope points the finger at Daryl Doily, who had well, been apparently secretly in love with her and wanting to ascend together, which she refused. Right, so... Because it was cyanide, Hermione points to Penelope. And then Penelope retorts, you don't grow cyanide, which then I guess she thinks it's a sick own to say a fact that only a blossom would know. <laughs> Show of hands. Riverdale uh, is... auditorially. Who, who else knew that you can't grow cyanide? I was also going to say, yeah. like, I feel that a library probably existed uh, in the 90s. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So apparently he was like mixing up poison in hopes of doing a suicide pact thing with her. So the poison that killed Featherhead was just coincidentally there. And we still don't know why he drank it. <laughs> Um, but hey, G&G gives you precognition and clairvoyance, so the Gargoyle King presumably could have had an easy time incorporating these happenstance events into his machinations. <laughs> Daryl Doily apparently carried a torch for a while after that and eventually killed himself. FP rushes off to talk some sense into his son when he finds that uh, Jughead, when he, uh, when Betty lets slip that Jughead is still up to his eyeballs in Griffins and Gargoyles. Right, and let's say here that the angle, when they cut to Betty as she's talking, they've chosen the most bizarre angle that I think I've ever seen them employ in this show. It is almost just sitting on the top of her head. Oh yeah, you're. I, I recall that. It's very strange. I feel like they pull weird shit like that pretty frequently though. I, there's there was a scene where Betty and Jughead were talking at Pops, and I did mention this on the show. The angles at which they were shooting Betty specifically made me want to throw up. Like they they're like, how big can we make her forehead look? Hmm. And I just that's where her detective brain is. We got to <laughs> accentuate it. Um, but yeah, I I don't I don't recall if this was like the same sort of thing, but I I do dislike when they employ that method. So Jughead is like making arrangements on the phone to kidnap Joaquim, but then FP just shows up and fucking handcuffs him to the fridge because it's called turkey time. Uh, you know, because playing RPGs is taking drugs, and so you have to you have to like the the fever has to break. Oh, he says, "Quote G and G's like a drug. You're addicted. It's gotten into your blood." And then. I have ellipsis because he keeps talking for a while. Then he says, it's time for you to sober up, boy, for your own good. Yep. G&G is in my blood. Archie gets patched up by Dr. Curdle Jr. and prepares to check the Shadow Lake mines for paid off witness chuds, apparently. Like, because they're just... They've they've become subterranean creatures, like, out of descent. Kevin seems bound by conscience to help him. Veronica discovers that an interrogation video of one of the well, witnesses hold on. from are we murder gonna, is edited. Go are ahead. we not going to mention that Dr. Curdle, for some reason, has antibiotics in the back of his morgue? Yeah, you know, for all of the dead people. Mm. <laughs> I feel like his life is a rich tapestry, and there are explanations for why he would have that that are very cursed. And he also... <laughs> Oh no! This is later, right? They go and ask him about the other thing. Yeah, he's a he's like a part time competitor in the BME Pain Olympics. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, Veronica discovers that an interrogation video of one of the witnesses from the murder is obviously edited. Hiram makes a call to eliminate variables at Shadow Lake, which sounds an awful lot like child murder. More child murder. Yay. And I'm sorry, I I sighed and rolled my eyes when he's like, "We've got to go back to Shadow Lake again." 
<laughs> having read the book, I'm like, you fucking tried this before, dude. You did this already. It didn't work. Nothing happened. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's real bad if you've read the book. It's bad feelings if you've read the book. Betty discovers Jughead and frees him. Then Veronica gets into her mom's computer at work, whose password is her fucking birthday. Must be the month spelled out, right? Because that, that's like way too long mm-hmm. to just be yeah. um, dates and digits. And what does she find on the computer but a gargoyle ruined folder sitting on the fucking desktop? Very normal stuff. I don't know what Teen- you Teenagers about. who are not Reggie hide their porn better than this. Mm-hmm. She manages to send the evidence off in an email somewhere before getting rounded up by a deputy. Uh, we then cut to Fangs and Sweet Pea having found Joaquin. Gargoyle mask and all. Uh, Joachim spills that the man in the black suit was giving Warden Norton his orders, uh, which leads Jughead to just decide that that means it's Hiram and accuse Hiram of being the Gargoyle King. Uh, somehow G&G is a code uh, that's being used to communicate with the Warden, according to Jughead, which like, okay, if you can secretly communicate, why do so in such an obscure way as fucking quest cards? It's not like everyone knows that Hiram is sending quest cards to the to the fucking warden and that Jughead has cracked the code that like oh this is a secret message thing like if they're communicating no one knows about it it doesn't need to be in a game <laughs> well that's just a little extra flair a little extra something spicy on there just for Hiram but anyway Hiram's just like nah didn't do it plus there's a bunch of other suspects and that is played as the end of like a plausible end of this scene because Jughead has no evidence so confronting Hiram in the first place was absolutely stupid and all he has to say is nah I didn't do that <laughs> Which is literally what Hiram does anytime anyone confronts him. And it's like, oh, Hiram, you fucked up. And Hiram's like, no, I didn't. I didn't do anything. What are you talking about? I don't know anything. <laughs> uh, and it is works. This also the scene where he says, I'm not a 16 year old nerd. Yes. And he just totally fucking owns Jughead. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's really good. Everyone but yeah, is like, constantly setting themselves to get dunked on by Hiram Lodge, which is sad yeah. because he's so easy to dunk on. He's the yeah, weirdest, it's... most sad, pathetic man possibly in this entire show. Yeah, it's um... really the only reason he functions as, as a villain at all is that everybody just own goals themselves around him. Like he never has any actual smart plans. It's yeah. There was there was also a shot as he was uh, lecturing Jughead where like he, <laughs> Mark Consuelos was puffing up his chest really big so his shirt was pulled taut and like you could see everything (laughs) and my note on that is a Hiram titty shirt (laughs) you can see like the line where his pec met his like the bottom of his rib cage and also there was his nipple and I just thought it was funny (laughs) Hiram titty shirt send a tweet Um, Hiram then visits Veronica in her holding cell and like she asks him did mom even know what you were hiding on her desktop? <laughs> and the logistics of making a custom incriminating folder image and putting incriminating evidence in that folder on your wife's work computer on the desktop are fucking mind boggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have uh, failed to uh, report what Hiram says next, which is, your mother doesn't have a computer anymore. I don't know what that means. I was so confused <laughs> by that. Oh, God, you're right. He, he did like, say that. Yeah. My just brain like just deleted that so that I could keep she living. Says, yeah, no, your, your mom mother doesn't have, doesn't a, have a computer, computer anymore. 
Like, what is, what, where did it go? She needs it for work. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, what do you mean? And how is that a response? I don't know. It's like the rhetorical equivalent of like throwing a smoke bomb and then having it be a dud. Mm-hmm. Like it just kind of like pisses out a tiny little stream of smoke on the ground yeah. and, and then stutters out. Anyway, Veronica uses her phone call to bring Fred up to speed and ask that he get Mrs. McCoy on the case. Oh, I'm sorry, Attorney McCoy. Jesus. <laughs> the case. Dr. Curdle Jr. informs Betty that Daryl Doily was actually dead before being put in the running car in the garage, uh, having already died of oleander poisoning. So it probably was not, if it was a suicide, it was staged to look like a different suicide. Very, very fishy. But he cannot give Betty the evidence that he has of this because it, this specific evidence, that is, was part of, and I quote, his father's personal collection. Uh, yeah, might not say, what the fuck? fuck does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. It's two it. scenes in a row. <laughs> <laughs> just it. like, we need to end this scene. So if someone just says something that doesn't make any fucking sense. I can't give it to you. That's private. My So his, his dad had a personal collection of like crime evidence that he just didn't want. He was like, oh, I, I'm evil and I like when people get away with crimes. <laughs> right? I'm just saving it for a rainy day. But like his father is dead and he's still like, well, out of respect for my evil father's memory, I must Ugh. keep this evidence from you. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like, but but again, the implications are so powerful because he can't like take a picture of it or make a copy of it. That violates the spirit of his father's personal collection. Right. Like the evidence must remain unknown, meaning that like the point of his father's collection is to make people get away with crimes. Well, which is then like, why is he telling anybody this then? He's sort of violated some of the priests. Because he's a messy bitch who loves drama. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, yeah, it just makes no sense. It's 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 so wild. What the hell? Like, ugh. They just, they're writing scenes and they're like, oh shit, there's no way out. And they panic and run through the wall. <laughs> Betty questions former Sheriff Keller about Doily's death. Keller covered it up, it turns out, to protect the Midnight Club, but suggests it was probably a blossom what did it given the oleander that is grown in their greenhouse, which he saw, noticed, when investigating Jason Blossom's death. Maybe a bit of a timing issue here, as these are decades apart, but okay. It's no big deal. Archie and Kevin investigate a spooky cave. Uh, it's full of G&G imagery and recently shot up bodies of the Shadow Lake boys. One's barely hanging on and they try to help get him out of there yeah it's just more teen murder just a ton more you gotta you gotta be killing teens i have a question actually was the one kid shot at shadow lake with the express purpose of later framing archie for it like was he just killed so that they had a crime to pin on archie or was there like a real reason that he got shot i don't know mad because he threatened veronica i'm sure they don't know yeah maybe so maybe so joaquin's dead body uh is rap joaquin is left at the serpent shantytown as a message and the shadow lake boy dies in the hospital where archie is bummed out about that uh so we've got like we got like six or seven dead teen boys in the last 10 minutes Mm-hmm. yeah and archie's just like oh, it doesn't matter what i do Hiram's <laughs> just gonna keep chasing me forever i can't go back to riverdale i'm such a sad little baby <laughs> it's true veronica smirks to mccoy about the evidence that she found and betty questions penelope blossom blossom says that she'd have been more competent had she poisoned daryl doily and diverts suspicion onto alice who wrote an article spreading the false narrative of daryl's suicide back in day and there's an ominous power outage followed by a knock at the door. The Gargoyle King somehow sneaks into the Cooper house, and while some stove popcorn, popcorn, hmm, 
<laughs> While some stove popcorn does a scream reference in the kitchen, yeah. a tombstone and a skeleton do a Halloween reference in the bedroom upstairs. Yeah. Uh, and so we're really canonizing this. The ability to magically set deck things is definitely a power conferred on G&G Game Masters because we talked about how like the entire school changed in seconds and like impossible staging of objects and stuff happened. Mm -hmm. That's just a thing that playing the game lets you do along with the clairvoyance and uh, precognition. FP uh, shows up serendipitously through the upstairs window, and we later learn, like, not in this scene, this scene just cuts at this point, but we learn later that the fact that FP shows up just somehow makes all the bad guys disappear. Yeah, despawned the Gargoyle King. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, FP got a gun out and then spun around in a circle and despawned everybody. Uh, cyberpunk reference. Yeah. But it's unbelievable. Like, the, the, the baddest dude who's been manipulating Riverdale for decades and has killed a bazillion people, and he's got his gang of gargoyles there busting into the house, and they're like, oh, F.P. Jones, oh no! And they just leave. So this is another scene that just ends in a way that makes no sense. The, people are out there just ending scenes. It's, <laughs> it's shameful. <laughs> Disgusting. It shouldn't be that fucking funny. <laughs> they really are just out there ending scenes, though. Uh, Kevin passes Fred a note from Archie at the hospital, and Veronica gloats to her parents about uh, having having won or whatever. Alice decides to live at the farm with Polly and the twins because the house is no longer safe, as opposed to like how when the shady man came and they killed him, like that was safe in season mm -hmm. two, and living with a serial killer for their whole life, also safe. This, however, not safe because there were two horror movie references at once. Yeah, time to bug out. Too much. Uh, Betty is not welcome, however, at the farm, so Alice has her kidnapped and taken to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy because she loves her so much. This is absolutely some of the most fucked shit that's happened in this episode. I... I don't understand. She was like, the Sisters of Quiet Mercy protected me. I'm like, so you should know how bad they are. Right. Here's the thing. Alice's characterization is essentially like trying to rise up and like was for a while. But there is a great cosmic drinky bird that just comes down and <laughs> smashes her back down at regular intervals throughout the show. Oh, God, I, I hate it. I don't hate her, but I hate the way they're writing her. Mm. Sometimes she's one of my favorite characters. Oh, yeah. And other times you almost hate her. But she's in like a characterization time loop. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. No matter what happens around her, she just has a cycle that she goes mm -hmm. through. Like she just reaches a certain level of character development. And they're like, oh, fuck, we don't know how to write more like false conflicts with her now. So now she's bad again. You can just wipe this slate clean. <gasps> Archie, it turns out, has run off. Which sucks because he's actually getting exonerated. Uh, so it's it's kind of a nice bitter irony there. But fortunately, he instantly calls Veronica on the phone. And it doesn't matter because he is now on a self-loathing spiral and intends to not come home because Hiram will keep hurting people as long as he's around. Turns out the Jughead is helping outfit him and prepare him for his man pain journey. And then we cut to Betty having shown up to a quiet and might say merciful art class at the Sisters ha, of Quiet ha, Mercy ha, ha, ha. where literally every single person is painting the Gargoyle King and that's the end of the episode. We get some good zooms and some good stings and, and then it's done. Mm -hmm. Bada bing, bada boom. That's a Riverdale, baby. Start us out, Arlie, with a river dew. I really liked that this episode kind of went back to the, uh, the it's a teen kissing show that also does some mystery stuff. The, the vibe was less grating, I think, than it has been in some of the prior episodes. 
Mm. And I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. It felt like a brief reprieve from the complete fucking insanity. Yeah, that's that's fair. It 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 does it feels like the Riverdale of old, just with yeah. like with like a kind of crusty accretion of utter madness. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. B- built was, of two seasons of nonsense. But it wasn't like super focused on the utter madness, and I appreciated that. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, my Riverdue is kind of the art class at the very, very, very end. Not not in and of itself as a scene, but its implication. Like, what is this show becoming? How they're they're just like gearing up. They are they are gagging at it to jump the shark here. Like everything is the gargoyle king. Everything is G and G. The gargoyle king is all seeing, all knowing, and and behind everything. Mm-hmm. And like at some point, they have to resolve that. And I am quivering in anticipation of how much they are going to like do like a run at the Olympic pole vault and then just like fall on their face. Jesus Christ! Before before even planting the pole, mm-hmm. like like it is going to be epic how much they don't pay this off. Mm. And I like, and that is very meta, I guess. My Riverdue is literally how happy I am thinking about how badly they're going to fail at paying off what they're setting up. But that is the most joy I had in the episode was thinking, oh my God, this is going to go so bad because <laughs> they're just pinning everything. They're putting every possible little bit of weight on the Gargoyle King and they can't, they can't do this. They can't pull this off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my Riverdue, I honestly think is like the very light subplot that they have this episode, like this C or D story about Sheriff Keller and Fred just like beleaguerdly trying to chase their idiot sons. <laughs> <laughs> like he's like, oh, Oh, yeah, sometimes when you got shitty teenagers who are just doing whatever they want, you get stuck with the like bad end of the deal and you got to go fucking wrangle them. Yep. You got to go on cleanup duty, like damage control. And I like that. I don't know. I thought that it was kind of nice. Yes. The uh, disappointed dad's road trip. <laughs> Our sons sure are dumb, aren't they, Fred? Why? Yes. Why? Yes, they are. Uh, Sheriff. <laughs> Remember his name. Attorney. Tom. There we go. Tom Keller. That's Mr. Attorney. (laughs) (laughs) That's Mr. Attorney Sheriff Tom Keller to you. Mr. Anyway. Attorney Sheriff Tom Keller, yeah, yeah, yeah. Esquire the good. Third. It's a good Riverdue. Uh, so that brings us back around to Arlie for okay. uh, the darker side of the episode. My father's personal collection. Mm, hated that I mean, so much. Yeah. Not a, do you hate it because of how creepy it is? Or do you hate yes. it because of like the pattern of just ending scenes by like just being like, ah, look over there. I mean... <laughs> See, the latter, I think, is funny because it's bad writing. It's very bad. So it's funny to me. Like, (laughs) every time they say some whack shit because they can't figure out how to end the scene, it's just very funny to me. Um, No, I I hate it because it's fucking creepy. And anytime someone talks about their personal collection of, like, anything... I'm on edge because I you're, like yeah, you're already at yellow, who, yellow people alert. People who have personal collections are fucking weird. I'm sorry if you have a personal collection of something. I just yeah, I don't, that's, don't that's, call that's it what that. You heard it here first, Trevor Dews and Riverdance listener. If you have a collection based hobby, Arlie hates you. No, 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 no. If you call it your personal collection, <laughs> it's the wording specifically that I, I do understand. not like. I understand. It's just there's something very. The vibes are 
it's the vibes are it's for jacking off (laughs) the vibes are wretched i do not want to be around them Mm -hmm. um i can't stand it i don't you can have a collection that's fine i collect some stuff but i don't call it my personal collection personal collection (laughs) see right there right there quinn made it really creepy anyway yeah, that's my river don't uh yeah that's fair how about you quinn oh i thought you were going next and then i went i last. am going next i'm just stupid is the thing <laughs> my river don't uh i'm switching it like when i was writing my notes i i hit the river don't uh button i i sounded the alarm on the custom folder image of a rune on a folder <laughs> uh and hiding the incriminating evidence on your wife's desktop <laughs> Yeah, he had to go through the go through the work of making a custom like sprite for the folder that had a gargoyle <laughs> king ran on it. That was my river down, oh, no. but like that is in, in a similar way to the personal collection without the like creepy jack off vibes. Like it's funny too. Yeah. So I'm gonna like I'm gonna cancel that river down, even though it's probably the worst writing in the episode. To just give my river don't, as I have a million times before, to the horrible cosmic mechanical boot that stomps on Alice Cooper's face every few episodes. Yep. Just, I'm so tired of it. Like, couldn't we write episodes where we, like, have her as the character that clearly by this point in the story she's supposed to be, uh, instead of just constantly looping her back to the beginning? It's just so frustrating. I agree. That was on high on my list of things to put for my river don't because just like selling Betty out to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy is absolutely fucked. Is this the like fourth or fifth time this has happened too? You know, like. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, and then I think my river don't is actually going to go to FP suddenly getting the bad parent crown and handcuffing Jughead to the fridge, mm-hmm. especially <laughs> when three minutes later Betty just walks in and goes, "Oh, you're handcuffed to the fridge, huh? Let me fix that." <laughs> like so he just did a horrible thing and it had no like consequences at all well you didn't even like stay there and watch him like like if his premise were true that it really is actually chemically addictive and like you must break out of the like fucking dts from it he should stay there and make sure his son is safe yeah but alas like if if, if that desperate measure is needed clearly he needs to be there <laughs> it was just a scene they no, thought would be don't cool don't you know that when you are helping someone detox you simply chain them to a refrigerator door and leave them alone in a yeah, kitchen yeah. that presumably has sharp objects in it yep seems to check and a out. lot of hard surfaces and corners and stuff yeah, yeah i just yeah, like that's 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 standard procedure come on yeah, now it sucks basically is what it comes down to and fp is um, just better than that i don't know that felt wrong yeah it's true I, I didn't really notice it because probably as you pointed out, it was inconsequential. Uh, but yeah, when when looking at it closely, yeah, that's just not it's not in character and it sucks. And, it, and it's kind of sad to do something that sucks and isn't in character for no gain and then it, because it doesn't help the story. And at it all. feels like the writers understood that because they immediately just have Betty walk in and be like, OK, I fix immediately you. undo that. Yep. Mulligan. Great. Uh, we don't delete our drafts. So, so no revisions, just straight ahead. <laughs> no, all gas, no breaks. But let's let's get weird with it. Let's get weird with it. All right. Your mother doesn't have a computer anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like, I just... Not only is it a fucking buck wild way to end a scene, what does it mean? What do you mean? She doesn't. That like, was her work so, computer. You can't just confiscate the mayor's work computer. So, right. That's not how that works. You just watch him. There's so many questions that I have, like, 
Because that could mean your mother hasn't had a computer for a while. The computer you <laughs> access, that desktop, was not her computer. She goes into the office to be the mayor and pretends to sit in front of a computer and do work. She doesn't know the password. She can't log in. Or between her arrest, between Veronica's arrest and this confrontation, they ripped the, See, the computer. That's what I was thinking. That's yes, Hiram just sneaks into the mayor's office wearing a trench coat and comes out with this computer-shaped bulge under it. And he's like, don't <laughs> mind me. I just have a weird shaped dick and I'm very horny about wrestle boys. Right. Oh, so like no. it, it, it creates and paints all these bizarre scenarios and none of which hold up. No, none of them make any fucking sense. Nothing he could possibly mean with that statement makes any sense whatsoever. And it is delightful to me. Yeah. But mind boggling. So my weekly weird, I'm going to have to like, Hmm. Cause I had, I had three I mean, and I'm actually going to go with my third one, like my second runner up for weekly weird, because Arlie, your, your river don't and your weekly weird were my number one and number two <laughs> weekly weird. I, mean, I, I, I definitely thought about picking both of those for weekly weird. So. Yeah. So like my weekly weird that remains is <laughs> the, the one, two punch of like horror movie based set deck teleportation and spontaneous manifestation being a gargoyle king power and fp's ability to make the bad guys <laughs> despawn just by being there like it was again it was just a scene ended abruptly like by a total hand wave like just just like again look over there okay new scene don't don't worry about it just the the lack of ability to follow through on anything or like think through they can't even think through a scene in the show enough to write the whole no, thing no it's wild <laughs> which brings us to my weekly weird which is the strange game of chicken they seem to be playing with the audience in terms of the way that they're ending all their scenes this episode where they're just like we're just gonna throw some bullshit out there and you have to ride along with it like no we didn't write a conclusion to this scene fucking call us on it i'm calling you on it what the fuck you can't just yeah, say like, shit yeah and then so yeah like, yours is like the, the overall arc of of these weird scenes rather than one in specific and i think it's worth two weekly weirds frankly <laughs> it's worth all the weekly weirds like it has ceased to be a story no they're just like we need a stinger to end this this scene it has to be something that vaguely sounds ominous or threatening or impressive and so we're just gonna keep firing them off that's from my dad's personal collection <laughs> Your mom doesn't Your mother have a no computer. longer has a computer. Like, what the fuck? But yeah, th thank you for joining us on this very strange journey. I'm looking forward, for my part, to continuing through mm -hmm. season three and seeing, like, just how more wild it gets before everything, oh, gets. like, collapses under its own weight. Um, it gets. Yes! So next time, we'll be covering chapter 42, The Man in Black. And until then, if you find yourself feeling lost or directionless or not sure what to do, play some fucking griffins and gargoyles and magically be given insight into the secrets of reality. And if, like Jughead, you find yourself at the end unsure of where to go from here, just say the first wild shit on the top of your brain. They're probably going to cut the scene there. That's true. That's true. Just say something that doesn't make sense and just like blunt force bluff your way through. I'm pretty sure that's how success actually works in like at least American culture. So I think it's fine. Uh. Uh, for River Do's and River Don'ts, I've been Rob. I've been Quinn. And I've been Arlie. We'll see you next time, folks. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>